and she threw, like chucked the vase at the TV screen. It just flew past the television and poof, landed um, <laughs> beside it with everything all over the place, of course, it was inside. It didn't actually break the vase. Fortunately, it was a pretty strong one. At that stage, I thought my friend was gonna fucking punch this girl. Experience. Welcome back to another episode of the Vodka Podcast with me, Connor Klein. This is our experience, and in today's episode of the Vodcast, I'm going to be going into some of my travel stories here in the region and why maybe you might consider uh, coming here if you're looking for a different type of travel experience than you're going to get in the mainstream locations, uh, especially in Western Europe. You're not going to find this kind of experience here. Uh, today I'm speaking to you from Odessa in Ukraine on the shores of the Black Sea. You can see the Black Sea behind me. I'm at the port and unfortunately there's a lot of this music when I came down here, but I'm still going to persist and go ahead. Hopefully it won't be too distracting on the audio um, and let's get into it. So when I first started traveling here, I've already gone into a lot of the stories, a lot of the things that happened to me uh, on that very first trip. Like so. I came, I traveled on my own. That's going to be back in vodcast number four and number five. I go into my dating journey here in Ukraine a good bit. So if you're interested in those, then go ahead and if you haven't already watched them, of course, go back and look for them. Uh, it's going to be episodes four and five. But in today's uh, episode, I want to start telling some of the stories from a very special trip I took. Um, it would have been about almost five years ago and I took it with my sensei. Now I mentioned my sensei back in episode uh, five of course he comes up in it before we hung out here in Odessa we took our first trip together first travel trip in Eastern Europe and it actually been his first time to Eastern Europe and I think it's a really good um, series of stories to tell you because if you haven't traveled so much here or like my sensei you're going to be dependent on English to a certain extent when you travel here then this is actually um, pretty good um, series of stories to learn for yourself and maybe get inspired to take similar trips. Now, of course, I was on the trip and I do speak Russian uh, and I also speak Romanian. So that was something that he had kind of like interpreter and my guidance with him on that trip. So that helped obviously quite a bit with communication on the trips. But um, a lot of this, the issues that came up and a lot of the crazy things that happened, um, hopefully it gives you a good bit of uh, um, an explanation as to why I would choose to travel in Eastern Europe over Western Europe. Of course, I've traveled everywhere in Europe to make that as a big disclaimer uh, at the beginning. I've traveled all 50 countries, so I kind of get an overview of everything basically. And then I spend more time in this region than I do in Western Europe. A lot of reasons for that. One of them, um, actually, if you look at my video, my, my podcast episode about why I spend summers here in Odessa in particular, then you're gonna get a good indication of that. Um, it's also a little bit different for me. I know a lot of you guys watch me because you've told me it's um, because I'm a Western European who's come to Eastern Europe and the story, you can relate to me uh, to a large extent because of that. Also, you know, I have worked as a lawyer in, East, in Western Europe. So a lot of you have maybe uh, professional jobs like that. Um, you also want to take these kind of similar trips uh, or maybe you're an entrepreneur like I am at the moment. So these kind of things that helps you to relate to, relate to me. And um, I want to continue that by giving you a little bit of a taste of what happened on the first trip that I took with my sensei here in Eastern Europe. So now, to give you an overview of what we were doing, it was just after uh, Euromaidan, the, the revolution uh, that took place in Ukraine that led to the overthrow and replacement of uh, Viktor Yanukovych, who was the president who was um, 
to simplify it, he was pro-Russian versus pro-European, the president. And um, I'm going to give you, um, in a different video, my experience of actually been at Euromaidan. Uh, I'll shoot that actually, I'll try to shoot that in Kiev, actually, actually on the square itself. I think that will make it a little bit more um, helpful for you to understand and to be able to see things around me when I do that. But this is just after that. And um, Ukraine is in a certain amount of chaos at the time. And my sensei had asked, uh, he said, I trust you, whatever you want to do, um, completely in your hands, the itinerary. Um, you just pick it and we'll go and do it. So I said, okay, um, let's go on this trip. We got 12 days. That's, that's what we're going to play for, uh, play with. And we're going to go to uh, Romania, Moldova and Ukraine. And I'm going to try and cram in as many cities and experiences that we can in 12 days. So that's the backdrop, that's the political situation in the region. Uh, there is a certain amount of turmoil, there is a certain amount of an element of danger to a certain extent of Russia. This is just before Russia uh, annexed Crimea and then subsequently the war in Donbass began in the east of Ukraine. So it's just a little bit before, I think it's probably, it was probably April of a 2000 and it will be 2014, yeah, 2014. The square by then actually still had a lot of um, different irregular militias uh, and other groups that, um, controlling it actually at the time. Anyways, so I was given these 12 uh, days to play with, to plan out an itinerary. And I said, okay, we're going to go to Bucharest, Chisinau, Belts, Vinitsa, Kiev, and Kharkiv. Now, you may be familiar with some of those cities, at least the names, like probably Kiev, and probably Bucharest, the capital of Romania. You're not, maybe don't recognize the rest of the names on the list. So Chisinau is the capital of Moldova. Belts is a city in the north of Moldova. And that's a very interesting decision to go there. And then Vinitsa is, lies kind of in the west center of Ukraine. Uh, and the reason to go there was just simply, we had, if you go to Belts, it's in North Moldova, kind of next city towards Kiev is Vinitsa. And then Kiev, obviously the capital, you've heard of that probably. And then Kharkov is in the east of Ukraine. I do have a great travel vlog from Kharkiv that I made a couple of months ago. So I'll link that in the card somewhere up above and uh, put it down in the description in the show notes. If you're listening to this on the podcast version, definitely go and take a look at that if you're interested. It's a really good uh, popular vlog. It's actually uh, the most popular uh, video about Kharkiv, I believe, on uh, YouTube by a long shot already within a couple of months. So super stoked about the popularity and how many people have enjoyed that video. So why did I pick such a bizarre itinerary? Well, he wanted to experience the real east of Europe. So instead of saying, hey, let's go to all the capitals um, and do kind of very obvious touristy things, I said, let's make this an adventure. Um, Chisinau, the capital of Moldova, like Moldova is still, maybe now it's the least visited country. Belarus used to be the least visited country in Europe, and now that they've changed their visa regime, it's, it's more open. So I picked this itinerary so that I bring him to different places that really tourists wouldn't have gone to. Uh, Belts was a curious decision to go into more than that. Uh, it's actually northern Moldova. And um, yeah, it was, it was definitely different when we got there. And then Vinitz is, is on the way. It's, a, it's kind of a sweet town um, but between, you know, between Moldovan border and Kiev. And of course, Kiev, the capital, you have to go there. And Kharkiv is a great city to have fun in, uh, to party in, basically. That was um, why I wanted us to go there. So we start up in Bucharest. Now at the time, um, Bucharest had my, I mean, I have a travel vlog about Bucharest as well, which I'll link in another card, I guess now that I talk about and in the description. It's also a very popular one. Um, it's not, um, Bucharest is not um, my favorite city in Eastern Europe. I'll be very frank about that. It does have some 
uh, great reasons to go there as well and hope you get a good a glimpse of that in in my video um, but at the time it actually had a really really great um, night at a nightclub on a Thursday I remember it was called Gaia so the trip had to start actually on the Wednesday so it was like well we're gonna start in Bucharest then and I'm gonna take you to Gaia um, this club um, in Bucharest and um, that will be the first protocol so we arrive and it's interesting how languages can have a big influence on your life so I meet my friend at the airport, everything's cool, we get um, a taxi in. At the time it was a little bit dodgy, uh, Bucharest airports used to actually have to take the taxis coming in, dropping people off, not get a taxi actually waiting for you at the airport. Now of course you have air, um, the apps make it a lot safer, but there was a big issue with security at the time. There a lot of people have been robbed um, by taxi drivers and actually even murdered, there was one case. So the rule of thumb at the time in Bucharest was to take uh, a taxi that's coming in not one that's waiting loitering for someone to abduct or rob at the airport that was the kind of yeah I'm not Bucharest has improved a lot now you don't have to be scared of that today of course you can take an app they have tickets that you can press on a screen in the airport even and it's it's all traceable and of course if you have your app it's traceable so uh, I wouldn't be worried about that now but anyway so I called on the, the phone the, uh, for the Airbnb apartment that I had rented for us in the center of Bucharest and uh, the woman um, spoke to me I think in Romania originally and then it, for some reason I must have said hey do you also speak Russian which would be unusual in, um, in Romania or maybe I had earlier actually uh, come probably in the chat or something spoken about it I think actually the Airbnb host had told me that his, his girlfriend is actually from Moldova so I think I guessed and I spoke in Russian so we're chatting in Russian everything's coming into the apartment taxi driver was super intimidated by us he's like what are you guys up to some random Western Europeans are all mumbling in Russian to on the phone so it's kind of interesting the reaction that Russian can have in a country like Romania it's actually something I used uh, once or twice when I was in uh, a little bit precarious situations with taxi drivers again this is before the apps uh, where I take them outside uh, a club for example and he asked me where I was from and I didn't trust the guy and I didn't want to say I was Western European so I said I was Russian he said I don't believe you um, and I spoke in Russian and then he kind of uh, seemed convinced and a little bit more wary of me and then I noticed we weren't even going the right direction so God only knows what was going to happen to me there uh, and then I got him to turn around and then yeah he was pretty aggressive but once I got the club fine that's another story uh, so that's one of the ranches is speaking Russian. In, in Romania, apparently, people are a little bit more intimidated by you. We we go there. Um, we have great rapport with the Airbnb host. Fantastic, um, really really cool. And actually, the great thing about it is that we actually became pretty good friends afterwards. And every time I went to Bucharest afterwards, I would always call him, and he would set me up with an Airbnb. So actually, we bonded over this issue of a large part about language because I was able to speak in in Russian as well as some some Romanian at the time. So. I brought my friend uh, out in Bucharest. The first night we ended up in some Moldovan bar. It wasn't very eventful, but the second night I brought him to my, uh, what was my favorite club in all of Europe during the week, Gaia on a Thursday night. I just love, this is why I think this story might be interesting for you if you're a traveler. So the reason why I, I liked the club, number one is that it had a policy of not letting tourists in. It's <laughs> the first thing. So it was more about kind of like for the beautiful and the, the cool on a Thursday night of Bucharest. Now that doesn't mean that they wouldn't let you in as a foreigner, uh, but if they thought you were a tourist, I'd seen it, um, they were not letting you in. So the key there was, of course, uh, to speak in Romanian at the door. First of all, to be dressed pretty well, right? First of all. Um, second one was to speak in Romanian. Even if you only say uh, good evening uh, in Romanian or you just say hi. 
um, you know, you greet people, that's going to be enough. Like if you just say, uh, um, or if you say salud or something, um, when you get to the door, that's going to make a big difference. Now, of course, I have to chat a little bit in Romanian always, and sometimes it was a little bit tricky, but I always got in because of that, um, because I've been at least been able to say a few words in Romanian. So that's a first good tip for you if you're traveling. Um, and I, I would encourage you to learn more than just a few words, but even that makes a big difference already because it separates you from 90% of the tourists that they don't, this particular club did not want coming in. So the client, the kind of clientele I had was usually uh, successful young pro uh, professionals, um, I would say good looking, well dressed students, and also we'll see TV presenters, models used to hang out there a lot, a lot of people from the fashion industry. So you can see there are just a lot of beautiful people there, both girls and guys actually I have to say by Romanian centers, I thought the guys actually were pretty well turned out as well. So that's why you need to be well dressed to get into this, into this club in general, at least pretty fucking cool. So that's the kind of environment, first of all, so I was going to have my target, um, dem target demographic there, which are beautiful women, of course. And that's not to give you the contrast, in most Romanian clubs I don't like it at all. It's not very open as an atmosphere. There are not actually that many beautiful women there, to be honest, compared to further east countries like Ukraine, Belarus, or Russia at all. Um, but there are, of course, um, still plenty of beautiful girls in, in Romania. And this club used to attract so many of them. And one other thing that is really key to the club that made it, if you're a solar traveler in particular, or even just a group of guys, a small group, is the fact that it had a square bar in the center. Now, this is essential because uh, if you have a square bar, gives you a place to just like hang out, chill, have a drink, chat to your buddy, maybe chat to no one or open the person beside you. It's all very easy. Plus you have line of sight all around the club from the bar, right? So of course they had tables uh, along the sides of the club. And that was also, um, if you wanted, I did took it once or twice, I think, uh, on my forays to Romania. That was also a great great spot to, 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 to sit as well, but it wasn't essential of a table there. So for the, the traveler shows up, uh, it's Thursday night. Uh, first of all, most European cities, it's not a really the best night to go out necessarily. So this is another cool thing about it. Uh, the fact that, it, yeah, I mean, Thursday night, man, I used to even sometimes schedule just to be in Bucharest. I mean, I took a flight once from, um, this kind of makes it sound really, really eccentric, but I was in Bishkek in, um, Kyrgyzstan and uh, I just taken a flight there because I always wanted to go to Central Asia. Um, I didn't have a great time in Bishkek, I'll be honest. Uh, I never went back again, but um, <laughs> I could see there was actually a flight back to Bucharest for the Thursday night. I was like, I'm on that flight because it was via Istanbul. I really want to go out in Gaia and especially after my experience in Bishkek and it's uh, what kind of woeful nightlife. Uh, definitely it was um, something that I appreciated. So we go to Gaia. So that's the other thing is that it's a square bar, um, atmosphere, it's really cool. It's, it's obviously packed by about one o'clock and it's a very open atmosphere uh, and people are very close to each other. It's a square bar. It's very easy um, to talk to people and there's a high concentration of pretty girls. What more do you want? So me and my buddy went there. This is why I'll just give it as the first, first uh, um, story in the series of, from this trip. And we, anyways, it happened and you know, we partied there all night. At a certain point, we come back uh, to the apartment um, with a local girl. I remember uh, being there and um, she was in the apartment with us. I was a little bit drunk, I'll be honest. The girl was also a little bit screwed up. And um, we were all there, I don't know, talking in the sitting room. By the way, my friend doesn't drink any alcohol, which is always good for telling me exactly what happened. 
the morning after. As an Irishman, uh, I do have a propensity to drink a lot of alcohol at times, which of course makes me fit in pretty well with this region, I think, in um, Eastern Europe. So at a certain point, my um, this girl, whatever, there was music came on, we we're watching some MTV, um, some music, and she didn't like the song. So what did she do? She says, turn the fucking music off, right? Uh, I don't like that song, uh, in a really aggressive manner. and. I remember my buddy would have been there and he's like, no, we like the song, we're going to listen to the song. Point she picked up a vase, right? Um, which had some, I'm not sure if it had flowers in it, but it had something in it, maybe something that wasn't really flowers. So maybe, I know what you call that, it's like papure or something, I don't know. Anyways, that's something in it. And she threw, like chucked the vase at the TV screen towards it. Like she didn't. I'm not sure if she really meant to hit the TV, but it just flew past the television and poof, landed um, <laughs> beside it with everything all over the place, of course. It was inside. It didn't actually break the vase. Fortunately, it was a pretty strong one. At that stage, I thought my friend was going to fucking punch this girl, to be honest. I mean, she's throwing vases around. And I was like, obviously a little bit in my drunken stupor. Because um, I said, dude, I have this one taken care of. So I take the girl, take her to my room. Um, obviously have sex with her and uh, then the next morning we wake up and I remember her being very like suddenly very apologetic about her behavior the night before and she started to smoke some some pot uh, to calm herself down so the whole apartment fucking stank of um, a marijuana the next morning whatever she was smoking whichever variant of uh, soft drug uh, and when she came down and said, hey, it's cool, you didn't break anything, this, this kind of crap happens. And um, yeah, I think it's time you kind of, you leave. Um, it's all cool with us, with me, at least my friend was still sleeping. And then put her in a taxi, come outside, come back in the apartment, sorry, and the place just stinks of pot, like absolutely stinks. And of course, Airbnb and host is coming in an hour, so I'm like, okay, how are we going to clean this place up? and make it decent because I had such a great rapport with the, the host. I was like, well, I was hoping to see these people again, but once they come back and see, you know, all this crap all over the floor of this girl, the place stinking, uh, probably not going to be very, very um, welcome or not going to get a good review. So as my buddy comes up with the idea of uh, lighting matches. So apparently the smell of the matches kind of neutralize it. I have no idea. Um, he doesn't smoke anything, um, any sort of soft drugs or anything like that. Anyways, I don't know how he knew this previous experience so I learned something there another tip for you guys and um, yeah we cleaned up the place apparently this they or the, the host came they were super happy to chatted for an hour and um, yeah that was it um, he became very very close friends with me Philippe and uh, that was kind of the beginning of a beautiful friendship and uh, well also his girlfriend now wife and so it all happened because of yeah having an open mind learning languages and yeah, people are gonna give you the benefit of the doubt then after. People are willing to overlook certain things like this apartment stinks of dupe. <laughs> so, why am I telling you this? I just wanted to get you a little bit of a taste what it's like to travel um, in the east of Europe. Now, the time was a lot less touristic than it is today. Uh, I don't think you would have the same experience if you were to go there today. Привет! Um, if you were to go back to reach today it'd be it's quite different it's kind of been discovered especially bucharest as a city it's not uh, kind of a hidden gem of europe anymore there's a lot of tourism uh, because obviously a lot of remains left there are a lot of flights and people meet remains abroad they're like oh, actually despite the stereotypes Romanians are actually not that bad so then they come 
um, they take those cheap flights and they come and check out the city and um, the nightlife has taken a downturn in the meantime unfortunately because uh, a lot of the, there was a huge fire a huge tragedy in the center of Bucharest and um, unfortunately a lot of young people died I think it was like I can't remember the number I'm not gonna misquote it, it was like more than 20 for sure um, and this led to um, they've been more strict about fire safety hazards. Now you don't have to worry about that. At least they close all the clubs, made them at least raise the standards of the fire safety. Also, Bucharest is, is on a fault line for earthquakes, which is also a little bit of a problem if you were in a building, of course. And they were, became more strict about um, buildings being earthquake proof. So they closed a lot of the great places in the city center. I did bring my friend to my favorite restaurants and bars and at the time in Bucharest, everything has kind of changed. Uh, but at the, that moment, it was like five years ago, Bucharest was kind of undiscovered. It didn't have um, so much tourism. Now, if you were to go on YouTube, look at vlogs, you see a lot of vloggers have been there. A lot of um, backpackers have gone there. It's kind of on that route now. At the time it wasn't. And uh, that's kind of how our first stop on this whirlwind trip. Afterwards, I have the, the, the like, this trip, <sighs> was a trip that actually almost killed me by the end and you're going to see that in the next episodes it was something very extreme i was not a vlogger at the time that's why i have to i think it's also a good for me to to share you the experience at least belatedly um now because really if i've been a vlogger then it would have been such an amazing trip to document it i'm not sure i could do it again physically so you're going to find out in the next few episodes of the vlogcast when i tell you what happened so what should you take out of having listened because you've gotten to the end of this particular part of uh, the trip, the Romanian part. We then left for um, Chisinau, the capital of Moldova, by plane uh, that afternoon. It was would have been the Friday afternoon uh, where things got even crazier. Well, they got a lot crazier uh, than what had happened with the, this girl and Vaz throwing and all this kind of stuff. Look, like every city has kind of cool places, right? And you have to do your research. Now, I think today there's more and more information like you can look on Instagram. That's one of my tips always is kind of just look at the scene on Instagram on a Friday night. See where all the, where they're, I mean, if, if you're looking for pretty girls, just like, look, people are posting where they are, the cool places where they're hanging out. If there's lots of pretty girls suddenly posting in one place, that's a very good indication that places, that's the place to hang out in. Um, you know, wandering around the city center, a touristic center like this, the Centrovec of um, Bucharest, you're not going to find anything good. This is just the reality. You have to do your research. I found out a bit about uh, Guy on the Thursday night. Guy it does still exist, by the way. It still has a Thursday night. It's not in the same location. It's not the same vibe in my personal opinion as it was in those days. So, sorry, uh, you'll have to find somewhere else. Uh, there are other places that people go to, of course, to socialize um, today. But do your research. That's the key, right? And I actually made local friends on a previous trip to Romania. And uh, one of them, she told me, hey, this is the place to hang out. And that's how I discovered it. Then when I was there, I actually met, um, I was either there or another club and met other, some other, made some other Romanian friends, some guys. Uh, and they also told me about going there as well. So then I had a kind of group of people to hang around with on my trip. So definitely do your research and look for the places that are not going to be so obvious. I mean, the cool people in any city don't go to the most obvious place. That's why it's exclusive, right? Uh, dress appropriately and look for places where it's going to be easier to open have communication with with people with local people there so that's why a central bar boom love clubs with a central bar uh, unless you're there with a group of friends you've already got a table that is the best kind of club for you uh, to look for if you're traveling uh, in particular if you want to meet meet people meet pretty girls in particular uh, then that's what I would do and 
I'm not really sure about the vase throwing thing, vase throwing instance at the end, but anyways, it was kind of comical. We did meet the girl again uh, several years later, and um, yeah, she she apologized for it. Yeah, she apologized for it anyways. So that was the, this is the end of part one of this uh, series of stories from the first trip I took uh, with my sensei in Eastern Europe. And uh, the next one is going to be about Chisinau in Moldova, where something really, really crazy actually happened. I did say this trip almost killed, killed me anyways. I think it almost killed both of us um, by the end. So if you enjoyed this video, be sure that you're already a subscriber. Uh, of course, that's the red subscribe button and that you whack the notification bell because that's how you get notified when there are new videos on the channel. And that's how um, YouTube will let you know when the second part of this series is out. It's going to be next week. And if you've enjoyed this video, um, give, me a, give it a big thumbs up. Strike the like button because that, you know, that helps uh, with the algorithm. It also lets me know that you enjoyed the video. I'm not so obsessed with how many views the videos get but I really want to see that people enjoy it. I actually look more at the likes than at the number of views because that's letting me know that you didn't just click on it because I had a pretty girl uh, on, the, on the thumbnail that you actually enjoyed the video. And of course, uh, write me a comment below if you've been to Bucharest, if you've been to this region, if you have your own experience, like share it below. It's really valuable uh, for everybody, not just for me, but also all the other viewers, because when you guys start sharing all your experiences, it's like we get all this extra information and anecdotes and personal um, experiences that help us all learn and grow together. So definitely write that, that below. And if you haven't checked out any of my free courses for traveling, dating or languages, all three of them, as usual, below in the description to the video, they're free. I do have other premium services like premium language course, premium dating course that I've uh, launched and the premium version of the travel course. And if you are traveling to the region and you want some extra special attention, um, want to experience the czar experience when you come here, then definitely uh, just write me a message. Write me a message by email if you want, Connor Klein at as the at czarexperience.com or hit me a DM on Instagram. Instagram is the best way. Go follow me there. My handle is czarexperience or you can type in my name, Connor Klein. After Connor McGregor, I'm usually the most popular Connor in the world, it seems at the moment. It's pretty cool. Accolade to have it's Connor McGregor and then me. Um, and I, that's actually something that helps me a lot here because now people actually can pronounce my name thanks to Connor McGregor. <laughs> it's usually how I explain what my first name is. So with that said, I'll see you in part two of this series coming up because it's just sunset here on the port in Odessa. So fading light, not going to be able to record the, any more of the stories this evening. Going to come back tomorrow. Going to go out and enjoy a fantastic Indian summer evening in Odessa, Mama. That's why I wear this t-shirt so often on the channel when I'm here uh, in Odessa. So that said, it's Disvedanya. Goodbye. See you in the next one. Peace. Ciao. Sar Experience.